Talk Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Friday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely sensational mid-spring day here in the fine city of Chicago. Not such sensational weather-wise, but sports-wise, too. It is absolutely a beautiful time to be a sports fan. Holy mackerel, you got bulls over the heat yesterday and just a tremendous regular season game. You had the Blackhawks and the Phoenix Coyote. I was asleep. Read about the finish. Hopefully the big dog or you, the listener, can help fill us in on some of the excitement. Sounded like a great game, even though the Hawks lost. You got Cubs-Cardinals today, even when the Cubs are down and the Cardinals are, we don't know. But that's always a special rivalry. And the White Sox home opener today. Robin Ventura's first game back as the manager of the Chicago White Sox. Sox had a three-game winning streak. We had all that and more. Mucho, mucho mas. Here on the TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic. How do you say two guys and a mic in Spanish, Dan? Dos Ecas. I don't drink, um, but when I do. Dos hombres y un... I have to look up microphone. <laughs> All right. But it's dos hombres. Thank you very much. Nicely done. We'll take a little bit of break here for some music and then uh, get this sucker started. They only give us 54 minutes and 48 seconds each and every day. We will attempt to make the best use of that. Thank you very much. Without further Joseph ado, let me bring in my good partner, a man who really needs no introduction. So that's what we're going to give him exactly. No introduction. It's Joel Redwanski, the big dog. Big dog, I let off the show today. I don't know. I think you piped out a little bit late, but uh, by saying what a great time to be a sports fan in Chicago. Hawks playoffs. I fell asleep. Hopefully you didn't. You can fill us in. Great game, Hawks. The Bulls, Cub Cardinal, White Sox opener. Are you kidding me? It's a great sports weekend. Absolutely phenomenal, Coach. And um, I watched all the sports last night. I got a little bit of sleep, and now I'm in Chinatown. I'm staying at the the House of Wu uh, Casa de Spa. That's beautiful, Coach. Nice. And um, when this is all done, I'm going down to uh, Comiskey Park, U.S. Cellular Field, and I'm going to go to the White Sox home opener. As this year, man. Nice. I got Idris that he's going to get it done. It said unless it rains, and it doesn't look like it's going to rain anytime soon. And basically, I'm going to be out and about. This is going to be a good day. It's going to be it's going to make up for that horrible Blackhawk loss last night, Coach. Mm-hmm. So you did uh, find a cameraman. Idris is going to be there. Idris can do it. Excellent. Uh, the beautiful thing was he did. He wasn't going to be able to do it when he explained to his boss what was actually happening. The boss was like, "No, you got to do it. You have to." Go. You get. You have the. You That's outstanding. Get made by the boss. It's beautiful. That is outstanding. We got to get the boss. Uh, whatever company he works for, tell the boss we're gonna, we're gonna uh, help promote that particular establishment. Unless he works for something that you know they're doing illegal, and then we'll do our well, best the, to keep it quiet. With Idris, you never know. Well, the 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 term legal is definitely part of it because he works for a law firm. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure they're doing something that's uh, unscrupulous. Mm-hmm. That's where to put it. Outstanding. 
That is outstanding. So hopefully, uh, at what point this weekend, hopefully sometime there'll be some video up there again. This year, man, the Cubs unofficial, unofficial mascot going to be out at White Sox opening game. I told you yesterday, don't be too antisocial. Go with the Jovi. I mean, you know, you pump up the Cub, but don't, don't be too antithetical, if I could use that word. I don't even know what that means. I don't that even. Well, actually, I, I know what it means. I don't think it's a word, but I know what it means. It, don't, it means don't be too negative. Don't be too confrontational with the White Sox fans. Well, that's the reason why I'm going there, Coach. Okay. Well, you haven't taken my advice in the past. Why take it now? Uh-huh. But uh, at what point might there be videos up on the Facebook page for this year, man? Well, no one eats us. It'll probably take like five or six days. Okay. Not that he's uh, lazy. It's a simple fact that busy. He's, you know, yeah, where he's really busy. He's got a full time job, and mm-hmm. then he's like me, trying. You know, he's got like four shows he's trying to get on TV and blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. anytime he gets any video up, I gotta thank him. So it's funny. Yeah. Else, These videos are awesome. I want to get more of them. I, I wish I could. If I had some money, we'd have mm-hmm. one up every single day because I got hours of footage. I still have video of you dancing with the Bucket Boys and then going across the street, interfering with traffic, right at the most crowded part of opening day, about an hour before the game, and I still have not figured out how to post that up there. I got that on my iPhone, and I do not have I do not have a YouTube account, so that's an issue. Yes, bring, bring in your cable, and I can do it for you. My cable. I need I need the cable or your charger. I got a charger. I, I got. Well, yeah, but you should have something that can also plug into your computer. Yeah, That's what we need. That. Okay. No, you do. You, it, well, it comes with the phone. I may have it, but I don't know where it is. It's probably your charger. You could probably take the power source off your charger, mm-hmm. and it turns it into a USB cable. Okay. So that's what I got to bring you. There you yes. go. So hopefully that'll be up there too, big dog. But, uh, now last time you were out of Wrigley Field opening day this year, man, made WGN news. What are your goals and objectives? Possible ESPN sorts, sports center, top 10 highlights? No, my, my goal is to get out of the South Side without somebody beating the crap out of me. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I have to admit, I've had, uh, I, I, when I was married, I lived on the South Side, so I have a lot of images of being beat up on the South Side, especially by small women. So, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little bit afraid, to be uh-huh. honest with you, Coach. I'm going there, and not with your typical, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm fearless, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to with my tail between my legs. So you're telling me don't be too antagonistic. I just hope I don't get beat up by somebody. I hope people have a sense of humor is the best way for me to put it. Again, 95% could have a sense of humor, but it's the 5% that might have been cocktailing since about 9.30 this morning, and, uh, the old expression, big dog, all it takes is one. So uh, protect yourself. Uh, you know, I do want to do Monday's show. Actually, I don't want to do Monday's show. I'll be in Champaign. I do want to see you on Tuesday's show. Um, but on the other hand, you got a camera guy with you. Uh-huh. And again, this year, man, going to be a White Sox opening day. They're taking on the American League favorite, maybe the World Series favorite, Detroit Tigers, three-game winning streak, Robin Ventura in his first game. Should be a great atmosphere. It's a beautiful day. 120 tip-off, White Sox Park. If you can get down there, uh, cheer on the White Sox and come out in the parking lot and help protect this year, man. Big Dog will be down there wearing his Cub unofficial logo. But um, Big Dog, the fact that you've got a cameraman does... A, it gives you some legitimacy, and B, I don't think anybody wants to beat you up because it'll be on camera. Yeah, and uh, unless they beat up the cameraman first. Now that Idris would be pretty upset with me if he got beat up and got the camera stolen from him. Yes, that would be an issue. 
He would not be happy about that whatsoever. And I wouldn't blame him, to be quite honest with you. Is it possible? not let him, let him get beat up. Might I suggest Idris wear a T-shirt, which would be apparently truthful, and the T-shirt should say, uh, leave me alone, I work for a law firm. <laughs> yeah, you know, because if you wore that T-shirt, you really don't work for a law firm. That could be some serious issues. Yeah, but he if does. Pose as a police officer, it's even worse if you pose like you know a lawyer and actually don't know any. Lawyers have it set up that way. They, okay. They're pretty, you know, they don't want anybody taking advantage of their lawyerdom. Yeah. All right, but if, if if the dude's got a camera and he's wearing a T-shirt, hey, I work for a law firm, you got to be awful drunk and or stupid to take a shot at him, right? Well, we're, we're going to be hanging out with a bunch of people that are definitely going to be really drunk and, uh, the stupid part we're going to have to find out, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right, very Hopefully. good. White Sox take it on the Detroit Tigers. Don't forget also this year, man, slash Big Doe, we got Cub Cardinal today. Cub Cardinal, I will be uh, downtown in Chicago at a local establishment, not on a professional basis, strictly as a consumer with St. Louis Larry. You remember St. Louis Larry? The two of us yeah. will be taking in the uh, Cardinal home opener. Well, congratulations. That should be a heck of a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully the Cubs can spoil it. <laughs> They looked really good yesterday, Coach. Eight they, to nothing, uh, Matt Garza was outstanding. Yeah, it, it wasn't just the fact that they they played the the small ball style. Uh, you know, that wasn't just Garza was outstanding. Yeah, they they played small ball style. They had great at bats. Uh, Alfonso Soriano with two outs, Coach, and runners in scoring position went the other way with an outside pitch. Guess what? A blue single. And he got two RBIs. That's a lot better than striking out, Alfonso. So. It was one of those days as a Cub fan, you just kind of like shrug your shoulders and be like, yep, every once in a while they play perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, they, they didn't exactly play perfect because with uh, two outs in the ninth, a little dribbler is hit in front of Matt Garza, and he's got a chance for a shutout, Coach. He gobbles the pitch up, and I, I swear to you, I, I felt like something was wrong. And I, I, I honestly, I yelled, slow down. Matt Garza didn't slow down, and he decided to throw the pitch legitimately feet over Brian Lehrer's head, but the worst part was it was yeah. 20 feet to, to the right. That was as bad of a throw to first base as I've ever seen on any level, professional <laughs> or little league. He, he legitimately missed his target, and this was a this is a pitcher who's hitting the glove off by like fractions of inches. He misses a guy by at least 25 feet that he's 70 feet away from. How did that happen? That's amazing. I, I mean, legitimately, it was like, oh, you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He would not have hit the broadside of a barn if he was standing 20 feet away from it. I've never seen his throw. And then Swain comes out and pulls him in, and Garza's like, I wasn't mad at him. He's like, I already had 120 pitches. I should have compl- I should have made that throw. And if he does, he is a shutout instead. He's got an eight and two-thirds inning of the mm-hmm. best outing so far by a cup. Boy, game is eight to nothing at the time. Complete games are so rare, I. Again, you know, I might be heading back to the FireDaleSwaim.com website, but I gotta believe as a manager, maybe let him go one more batter. Uh, Dale Swaim came out there. He was like, I had every intention of pulling him, but if he was out there and, and really wanted to stay, I was gonna let him go out there. Okay. And I looked at him. I'm like, How you feel? And he was like, I'm all right. He's the right one. He, he he's like, I had to pull him immediately. I, I think Dale Swaim did the right thing. Okay. Coach. All right, then because I will. It's it's really easy for us to be like, hey, we're yeah. taking a couple more pitches, and maybe it would, but what if it doesn't? And next right. thing you know, your your ace has 140 pitches uh, on his arm. All right, point so. well taken. Second career victory, by the way, by FireDaleSwaim.com. That's my new nickname for him. 
Um, as the Cubs go two and five on the season, they do win the game eight nothing. They got to Zach Greinke early in the third inning, six run inning, and uh, we've talked about the frustrations. An underrated aspect of the lack of Cub offense the last couple of years has been Giovanni Soto, who I like, who I like as a leader. I like his defensive ability, but boy, his I, I mentioned you know last year in particular, I said. Everybody's talking about all the other guys. If Soto hits, that's going to be a big key for the Cup. Boy, he hasn't been hitting, and they brought in of late big dog Steve Clevenger, who wasn't yeah. even supposed to make the team. Wellington Castillo. you got to love the names, by the way. He was supposed yeah. to be the backup catcher, the catcher of the future. Steve Clevenger makes the team, and now all of a sudden he's hitting the heck out of the ball. He gets a start yesterday and goes, what, three for five, two doubles? Yeah, and uh, he, hit, he hit phenomenal at-bats. Every at-bat, I like his approach. And he was battling. That's a that's a guy, a backup catcher that can really, really make a difference for a for a good team. So we're watching the Brewers yesterday, and uh, the day before, their backup catcher George Kataris, you know, hit the two run yep. home run in a two to one win. And the the way Len Casper and Bob Brownley were talking about about Kataris was, you know, this guy doesn't have to hit at all as long as he can catch the ball. When you're in the Milwaukee Brewers lineup, there's so many players that can hit. Catchers don't have to worry about hitting. Mm-hmm. Well, you're exactly right. That ain't the truth in the in the Cubs lineup. Jim Soto has to be he has to drive 80 runs for a Cubs to have a chance to be a, a good team, you know. And and I, like we both said, I don't think it's going to happen. That but. has not happened for a while. Don't worry, sports fans. If you're just tuning in, we understand the big story of the game. A great regular se- big story of the day, I should say. The Bulls. Great regular season victory over the Miami Heat. Blackhawks opener against Phoenix Coyotes. Get a little baseball business out of the way, Big Dog, and we'll talk about those two games. Phone lines are open if you want to get us back on track. And we always appreciate listeners who do that. 888-463-6748. David Olson, our producer, has basically flat out told me, Joel, if any of our listeners want to uh, take over the programming of this show, he's more than willing to release the programming. He's just not willing to release the salary he gets paid to do it. I, I completely understand yes. that. Yeah. Well, we even said, you know, if somebody wants to co-host, you know, one of the two of us could take a backseat on occasion. But the bottom line is phone lines are open at your perusal, at your disposal, 888-463-6748. Give us a call just to wrap up the baseball talk. Big dog, it is a, uh, well, not a key series, but it is a pretty cool series. White Sox opener taking on the Detroit Tigers pitching matchup, Jake Peavy. Against Max, how do you pronounce it? Scher or Scher? Uh, Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Yes. How many R's in Scherzer? I'm pretty sure only two. That's it? The Scher and the Zer. Yeah, it's disappointing. I thought there'd be at least three. Uh, what do you think about the series? Detroit Tigers, uh, odds-on favorite to win it all this year. Not prohibitive, but they're probably the team most mentioned. Uh, should be fun for the White Sox. A good challenge for our pitching staff, huh? Uh, absolutely. Whenever there's actual legitimate discussion and the better last, the Rangers and the Tigers, right when we hear that, you go to the Tigers are loaded coach. The Tigers might have a much situational hit as the Rangers do, and the, and the White Tigers have already faced that line. I, they might have more power in the middle of that lineup with, uh, with Fielder and Cabrera. So, mm-hmm. they're going to face these guys at least 18 times this year. And uh, it'd be to get off on a good step because you don't want to get buried by the team. So in a couple wins, especially at home, mm-hmm. win a series would go a long way for the White Sox confidence. And Be- they're, they're better than we thought they would. Let's face it. Yeah, through through what five games? They're three yeah. and two. Let's yeah. let's not get overly excited. But yes, yeah, so far so good for the beloved White Sox. If they could go three and two consistently and uh, finish over five hundred, 
I think people would be uh, more than pleasantly surprised. By the way, Big Dog, the cell phone is breaking up a little bit. I don't know where you are, but to possibly change locations, as you know, breaking up is tremendously hard to do. Who, who sang that song? Was I'm, Kiki... very, I'm either going to be in an extremely noisy spot or a very difficult uh, spot for location just because of this whole district man stuff today. I'm not in my typical studio at home. Okay. Not a <laughs> what is your typical studio at home? Is that the bathroom, or do you actually have a studio? Well, I, I, it's the whole downstairs, and it's basically me keep on giving the shush sign to everybody in the house for an hour. <laughs> That's the studio. I like it. Somehow I had pictured you, like, attaching a fake microphone, you know, one of those little $5.99 Mr. Microphones to the cold water faucet in the bathroom, and you just sit on the toilet and talk into the Mr. Microphone. That was my picture of you. Actually, to be quite honest with you, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's outstanding. Big Dog, what a pro- you always got to love opening day when there's beautiful weather. The Cubs did not have it, but it's going to be gorgeous at White Sox Park today. Atmosphere should be outstanding. This year, man, and Idris and all the White Sox fans should have a great time this afternoon. Yeah, there's there's nothing like a, a guy in a, in a Cubs superhero and a skinny African dude walking through the South. It's, it's, that right there is good times to be had by all. <laughs> Beautiful description. All right, uh, real quick, any other baseball notes? Let's do a miniature version of baseball round-em-up, wrap-up, and then get to some uh, Bulls, Miami Heat talk, and you can help me fill me in. I mean, I know what happened. It sounded exciting, but you, I didn't actually watch the game because I fell asleep. Hawks and Coyotes, Phoenix winning in uh, overtime. Real quick in baseball, though, uh, Minnesota Twins did defeat Anaheim 10-9. to They must have been listening, Big Dog, when I said the Minnesota Twins, you know, they're done. The magic is over because ever since I said that a couple days ago, I don't know if Ron Gardenhire listens to the program, maybe Mrs. Gardenhire, one of the cousins, you know, Eldred Gardenhire relayed the message. All of a sudden, the Twins are playing Minnesota baseball. They're down six yesterday. Down six to Anaheim. They come back, and this is the Minnesota Twins of old. Justin Moreau, two-run homer. Joe Maurer, three-run homer. Denard Spann, four hits. Josh Willingham, his fourth home run of the season. He leads the major leagues. The Minnesota Twins are back, or are they? Uh, I don't know if they're back, Coach, but if they actually will win some games this year. If Justin Moreau and Joe Maurer are healthy the whole season, they have, a nice, they have enough quality pitching that they could have a winning record this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, let's let let let's. I'm not about to be sold that they're back yet, but let's. They are. Um, uh, uh, another thing with that, you, they came back from six nothing yesterday. Six nothing. They come back from five nothing the day before against Jared Weaver. They were down six or five nothing in the seventh inning and came back on Jared Weaver. How? You never would think that would have happened about a week ago. And we're talking the Anaheim Angels, one of the other favorites to win it all with Albert Pools in the lineup. Victories like that, Big Dog, back-to-back, that can propel. That can give some mojo and propellity. We've talked about it before. When you come back early and get the magic going, you then have that belief in other games. So, you know, it's only two wins, but those two comeback victories may pay dividends throughout. Yes, and... uh... Well, we're going to see, and they're going to need a lot of momentum because, let's face it, they're nowhere near as talented as the Tigers mm-hmm. in, the, in the American League Central. So if they're going to win, they're going to need uh, some uh, you know, extracurricular stuff to actually happen for them. Miniaturized version of the baseball round them up and wrap them up. We do it each and every day on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. If you'd like to sponsor, or I should say this baseball round them up and wrap them up is sponsored by... A Sweet Girl. Shh. 
That moment of silence is if you would like to fill in the blank and be a sponsor of the baseball roundup. Up, how do we gently put this big dog? The uh, sponsorship financial availability is quite enticing. It doesn't take much. By the way, I, I got money for a sponsorship while you were gone, Coach. Nice. Yeah, and I kept it all just to let you know. Yeah, I figured you would. I had to, I had to buy a bar tab. <laughs> How about this year, man, getting sponsored? Uh, a few people have, uh, as a matter of fact, Cialis and Viagra have stepped up. <laughs> um, yeah. Some bald-headed stuff. Do they do they know that I mean, you haven't told Cialis that Viagra is also a sponsor and you haven't told the Viagra people? That on one thigh you're going to have Cialis, on the other thigh Viagra. But my question is, do they know that they're on competing thighs? No, they have no idea, Coach. We've got to keep this quiet, Coach. That could be a problem. Well, it's funny is because I, I, I the, the bald head problem, Propecia, <laughs> it takes care of that. But it's funny, <laughs> Propecia, you end up needing both Viagra and Cialis. It all works out together. <laughs> about have you, We could have your head sponsored by, like, sports clips. That's not a bad idea, Coach. Yeah. Sports clips is it's it's not yeah. bad. If you consider twenty bucks and you get all that luxury treatment, yeah. you, your, you know it's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Overrated. I would never go there. I went there once with a because I, I had a coupon. Figured I had to give it a try. You know, it sounded so good in the commercials. Chet Kopic talking it up. Well, very similar to Chet Kopic unto itself. It sounded better than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right, real quick, finishing the baseball round them up, wrap them up. You had Detroit knocking off uh, Tampa Bay 7-2. to two. Drew Smiley making his MLB debut. Who's Drew Smiley, Big Dog? Um, I'm pretty sure that's John Smiley's son, former left-handed pitcher of the Cincinnati Reds. Serious? And Pittsburgh Pirates. Wow. Did not know that. Not bad. He got a, He only pitched four and two-thirds, but he got a victory in his opening debut. And oh, Brennan. Was he the starter? I believe he was. Well, they didn't get the win if he pitched four and two-thirds inning and was the starter. Oh. All right, I got incorrect info here. One of one of our non-English-speaking interns will be fired because of that incorrect info. I have very little tolerance for this information, Big Doug. <laughs> Just don't fire anybody that can speak English, including Gertrude. No. Okay, but if they're non-speaking, I will. It's, it's hard to fire them, though, because they don't understand the terminology and you know, I've tried firing a couple of people, and they think I want to take them out for lunch, and I'm just being very emotional about it, so it's not easy. That's uh, That <laughs> reminds me very similar of, uh, of the Seinfeld when they tried to, when the lane company tried to fire Kramer, and, and then Kramer said, you know, I really don't even work here. And the boss is like, yeah, that's what makes us so difficult. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. San Francisco knocked off Colorado. Four to two, the story there, Big Dog. I had to bring this game up because it was 22-year-old Madison Boomgartner going up against 49-year-old Jamie Moyer. They both pitched well. The young kid beat the veteran, but think about that. 22 against Jamie Moyer, 49. I think it, I think I read where Moyer was in his fourth season of pitching, so he was already an MLB veteran the day Madison Boomgartner was born. Yes, that's the best way to put it. Consider this. If you're a 27-year-old pitcher, you still haven't hit your prime yet. The difference in age of the two players was 27 years. Hmm. 49 That's... to 22. Yeah. And Moyer, Moyer pitched, you know, not great, but he pitched decent, good enough to win. The bats did not support him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't say he pitched great. He gave up a bunch of hits. But I, when you're in Colorado, if you watched all the hits, Coach, yep. 
they're all blue singles. Nobody was hitting rockets off them. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully he can get a, a couple wins and actually stay in the rotation. So mm-hmm. uh, who, right. who's the, Jim Tracy is their manager. He said he's going to stay in the rotation for a while. Mm-hmm. All right, enough with the baseball talk. And again, good luck to the beloved White Sox. White Sox opening day. Get down there and check out this year, man, outside the park somewhere. If you hear a loud ruckus, possibly a fight going on, decent chance that's where the big dog will be, and he'll be right in the middle of it. Uh, and, of course, Cubs, Cardinals opening uh, day for the St. Louis Cardinals, so that should be a lot of fun, great rivalry. Big dog, let's start first with the basketball game yesterday. Bulls and Miami Heat, regular season basketball with playoff intensity, an incredibly exciting game, and the Bulls pull it out in overtime. A lot of big shots, but probably the biggest was C.J. Watson's three-pointer with two seconds left. Well, without a doubt, that was definitely the biggest shot of the game. And, I mean, it was, I mean, he shot that like it was true blood. I mean, that was awesome, like a killer, like the way you're supposed to shoot a shot at the end of the game. So he really stepped up. And Thibodeau, best coach in the NBA, notices that the, his best player who's coming back from the injury is not playing well. So he sits him on the bench and has the backups play. It was awesome. And he didn't sulk. He didn't do the Dwight Howard on the on the bench complaining. He just shut up and watched and rooted his backup side. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard so much, as I'm sure uh, most of our listeners and you have, Big Dog. You know, you know, over the course of this season, oh, the Bulls are playing great, but they can't get to the promised land without Derrick Rose. They won't. They won't get to where they want to be without Derrick Rose. And for the most part, I agree with that. But I wonder if we're overstating it. You watch a game like last night and the game where we actually were at the playbook doing a live appearance where they beat the Miami Heat when John Lucas went off. And the more we keep saying it, that they won't, you know, they can't be that good without Derrick Rose, we keep watching them. You know what? I'm not so sure that's correct. They're a pretty damn good team, even without Derrick Rose. And in brief stretches, they play better without him. And yesterday was one of those brief stretches, Coach. And in the long run, we all know they're better with Derrick Rose, but they're not better with Derrick Rose if he's playing poorly like he was yesterday. So... I mean, how many coaches would sit Derrick Rose? Not very few would. He is unbelievable humbled of a coach that we have in in the Chicago Bulls. Seriously, mm-hmm. coach, if you're saying it, we are lucky. Yep. Not just Derrick Rose, Carlos Boozer, Joakim Noah, who, quite frankly, both were playing good. Boozer was having a good game. wasn't like they were having bad games, but the bench mob was doing better. So he went with the hot hand. He did not go with convention and bring the starters back in, and it paid off with a victory. Nice move by Tibida. Yeah, and uh, I don't care what anybody says. For the, maybe for the Bulls, that day wasn't huge, but that win would have been huge for the Heat. And it really put some separation in them, yeah, between them and the Heat. And they can just figure out how to get their roster right the last eight games of the season. Mm-hmm. Even though I do want them to win, uh, they're at 44 right now, Coach. Is that right? They're 44 yep. and 14? Yep. Yeah, I, I want them to go at least six and two the rest of the way, so they get mm-hmm. they go fifty and sixty, which would be awfully nice. The fifty know, was pretty good. I'm going to give you a different aspect of it that uh, you don't hear often enough, and that is, all right, you know, we understand the psychological implications of that game. The two teams jostling for psychological superiority. There's the home court advantage and all of the implications of the game. The main reason that I was totally into a big dog and that I wanted him to win. Forget about all the. It was a game, a really competitive game, unto itself. Forget about down the road. The Miami Heat really wanted to win that game. 
The yeah. Chicago Bull, it, it was a game. Just enjoy the pure essence of the game and root for your team. I don't think we think about that consciously enough, and, and I just wanted to bring that out. That was, you know, forget about the other stuff. The Bulls beat the Heat in a really, really, really competitive regular season NBA game. Uh, I know where you're coming from, Coach, but um, it, when I'm watching the Cubs, I'll think of that. Oh, this is just a real competitive baseball game. I don't have. I can actually get the other stuff when I'm rooting for the Bulls. All the extra stuff I can add on to it, so I, I'm not going to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do we as sports fans can say, "Hey, this game is for the best record in your conference for a season." So I'm not going to just uh, forget about that. But I, I do. But you're right. Just the game in itself was phenomenal yesterday. It was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So. By the way, I don't. I don't know that it's an either or. You can do both. I, yes, didn't, yes. I didn't mean, you know, you do one or the other. Derek Rose, by the way, had an amazing stat line. One for 13, two points, his low-scoring game as an NBA uh, professional, Big Doug. Um, and quite honestly, if you would have heard that at the beginning of the year, oh, in the third game against the Bulls aren't going to have Derek Rose for one of the home games, and the other one is going to score two points. You would say the Bulls went 0-2, wouldn't you? Yep. The fact that he had two total points in two home games against the Heat, by the way, the Bulls are 2-0 and during those games, so that's awfully, awfully good. Now, now I'm going to go against what I just said and ask you a question here about the psychological implications of the game. Uh, not only last game, you know, where Derrick Rose didn't play, but yesterday Derrick Rose plays, has a horrible game, and the Bulls still beat the Miami Heat. How much of a factor, if the two teams meet, no guarantees, 76ers, Celtics, Knicks, all good team. But if the two teams meet down the road, is that a factor going against the Heat, or do we overrate that? Um, I, I, The only factor it could be is a plus for the Bulls. The simple fact that I will guarantee you if the Bulls are playing the Heat in the finals, that means there's two playoff wins. Derrick Rose will have been playing well by the time the Bulls are playing the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, Coach. If you see where I'm getting at with that? Yep, yep. So the only way you could possibly be a negative is if Derrick Rose doesn't get start playing good basketball before the end and the Bulls continue to win with him scoring two points, you know what I mean, and, or five points and ten points and six turnovers, stuff like that, and they're winning despite of him. And then all of a sudden when they're playing the Heat, you're like, oh, we can't afford to have a guy not playing up to the top notch. What is the chance of that truly happening, that Derrick Rose isn't playing good basketball after two playoff series? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's so slim, what you're talking about. This team is so cohesive and such so, so close and good to each other. I, I don't think there's like a lot of jealousy, like all of a sudden C.J. Watson being like, well, why am I losing minutes to a guy that's even playing that? Well, everybody realizes the best point mm-hmm. guard on the team is Derrick Rose. Well, you alluded to it, but that, that was the next point I was going to make. They are just a pleasure to watch. I mean, really a throwback to many of the things we don't like in, in, in the NBA. They just, you know, they play with so much energy. They play so hard. They're good guys. Their depth is incredible. I mean, 9, 10, 11, 12 deep. Um, just so much fun to watch, Big Dumb. We really got to appreciate them because you don't see teams like this in any sport. In professional sports, as close and as spirited and as energetic as these Bulls are, uh, really, really enjoy watching them play. Yeah, and I don't think I'm, I, I don't think I'm being too, like I don't know, soft and cuddly on this right now. You know, like when the, like when the, when the Cubs or Bears have lost huge playoff games and, and been eliminated, I'm, most of those teams I've been like, oh, I hurt as a Bears fan or I hurt as a Cubs fan. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's too bad they lost. But there's something about this team that I, I really, truly care about Derek Rose and Chief Watson and Kyle Korver and Taj Gibson. They all seem like those good quality guys. Ronnie Bulls, you want to come over and have dinner tonight, dude? I can cook. You're more than welcome. <laughs> the whole team of the Bulls, I, I'd welcome over here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a good or bad judge of character. I don't know, but it's funny. There's a lot of these athletes that everybody saw as prima donnas. I would look at and be like, that guy's mm-hmm. a chump. I, I wouldn't want that guy in my house. And I don't feel that way about any of the Bulls. I like them all. Just got an email in or just got a text in from Omar Ashik's long-lost cousin. He asked, do you do kebabs? Heck, yeah, I do kebabs. Heck, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll put anything on that. We'll put goat, lamb, any, anything with four legs that's been whacked. Put a put we'll a put stick through it and kebab. call it a kebab, huh? Yeah, anything for the Turkish Hammers cousin, let's be honest. Oh, goodness. I will tell you this. Omar Ashik, his offensive skills to be gentle are limited, but that guy is a Beast on defense and rebound. He really is a factor. We talk about it before, but then Taj Gibson was outstanding last night. Carl Corver hit some incredible three-point shots from distance. I mean, 30 to 32 feet when he's on. When he is on, he's as good a shooter as there is in the NBA. But Open when he gets off the bus. <laughs> yeah, you know, and sometimes he's a little bit streaky, but when he's on, when he's in the groove like the last couple of games, I mean, he is just its its, it's poetic to watch him shoot. But my point on Omar Sheik, we've mentioned this before, there are rebounders and then there's rebounders. Some guys pad their stats, big dog, high school, college or pro, they'll get rebounds off of free throws, the easy rebounds. Omar Sheik, he gets rebounds in traffic. He rips them down. He gets them out of space. He rebounds tough rebounds. Sometimes those don't show up on the stat line. You know, Coach, the guy is extremely tough. But when I tell you this, you, you talked about how he was like he needs a little work offensively. I don't know if it's as much skill as it is confidence. He just needs to play offense more confidently. That's a, he's not limited at all. I really don't think it's it's like his mind where he doesn't want to take a shot and miss it. The mm-hmm. other four guys on the court, you know what I mean? It's like I, I swear, it's like he's almost. Uh, so you're right. He's like this guy that will do anything defensively, and then offensively, oh, I don't want to do anything to mess the team up. Mm-hmm. I think him and Joe Kim Noah have to learn in order for the Bulls to be really good offensively when they are wide open and they're supposed to take a ten foot jump shot. Don't think about it. Just pull the trigger and shoot the ten foot jump mm-hmm. shot. You're going to make that shot yep. if you just if you just shoot it when you're wide open as a seven footer. Don't don't. As soon as he waits, the whole offense stops. Have you noticed that? Yep. It just boom. And speaking of that, last night they either had a microphone on Tom Thibodeau or somehow he took some type of lozenge and his voice was a lot louder. You heard him all game. And he kept saying that every time they would quit moving on offense, did you hear Thibodeau? He would just scream, move! And she would just, once every like five minutes, she would just hear Thibodeau scream, move! And next thing you know, everybody, all four Bulls that did not have the basketball who were just sitting there mm-hmm. staring at Jay Watson or Derrick Rose, they would start sprinting around, and they would get a layup after it would happen. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, that was kind of a lame crowd last night. So wouldn't you agree that you can hear Tom Thibodeau coaching on the sidelines? No, it was, it was not a lame crowd. That crowd was, was into it. I, I, you know, I watched the game. I did not hear that. I did hear when they put the cameras in the huddles, which they did on occasion. I've made this comment before. You know, it's like I'm, I'm always listening as a coach. Wow, NBA at the highest level or in the locker rooms. You know, what kinds of stuff do you hear? And they're right in the coach's huddle, and, you know, you hear uh, Eric Spalestra, the most 
Well, the second most out of place Miami Heat guy. I'm going to bring up the most out of place guy in a second, but he he looks totally out of place. Tom Thibodeau, who of course you know is Mr. Cope, but both of them, the instructions that they're giving in the huddle, big dog. Uh huh. I mean, junior high esque. I mean, honestly, a high school coach, and it's not just those two. It's it's the times I've heard the mics in the huddle. You assume that there's going to be some brilliant stuff going on. What the NBA coaches say in the huddle is really, I hate to say it, no different than what many high school, in fact, many high school coaches will give much more specificity of training, maybe because they have to. But I'm always amazed at just the rather generalness of the instruction that we hear in the microphone. You know, I think, uh, obviously in football, you're going to hear a lot more technical stuff. Because <laughs> the plays get much more technical as you get older. But in basketball, that doesn't surprise me, Coach. I mean, really, I mean, how technical can you really get besides, like, rebound better? Or we're going to play that guy inside and we're going to front them. I mean, yeah, I, I, well, that's that's the kind of stuff. On the other hand, they probably don't – they they can't put that stuff on tape, the specific well, stuff. Well, they don't know what they're going to get when they put a camera in a, a live Well, camera. don't they edit that or not? Is that all pure live, or do they give us the cutback when they come back from a commercial? Well, that's good. I have no idea. You're right. Yeah. That, I always thought it was live. But who, who am I? I don't know. Yeah. Between yeah. Miami or Memorex. Eric Spilestra I mean? yesterday. Hey, it doesn't matter what we do offensively, guys. we got a guard. The offensive comb, we just got a guard. Which is, you know, solid instruction, but it's, again, nothing more than a junior high coach would say. Tom Thibodeau, move. Keep moving. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because yeah, well, yeah, Tom well Tom Thibodeau was yelling move from the sidelines. Yeah, when uh, he was yelling at somebody about not rotating yesterday when they went into the huddle. So yeah. that's kind of like specific instruction that he gave to somebody. Defensive rotations. Uh huh. Weak side defenders got to drop down the help side rotation team defense. That's the kind of X's and O's we are looking for. Just on the move aspect, by the way, though, I will tell you, big dog coaching young kids today and watching high school basketball that is an area. You know, when we played, you were sort of like me, not particularly talented, but I'm going to guess that you were constantly moving, screening people, popping off of screens, moving around, swinging from side to side. You watch the young kids play today without, I don't want to get prophesizing too much here, but they, and a lot of it's because they watch NBA basketball at the pick and roll, three guys standing around. It's amazing how little movement off the ball that they do. Well, Coach, if I will guarantee you, take all our listeners, you take the 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 first 100 listeners that would call right now, 99 of them would beat me in a jump shooting contest. I'm not kidding you. I can't shoot. I'm not skilled, but my basketball team always used to win because mm-hmm. I would do whatever the coach told me to. I would rebound and run and set ticks and all that. I, that. There's a lot to that. You don't, in order for a good play, and you bring this up all the time, and, you're, and we've debated over what you should do, whether it's a tie game or if you're down one or down two, but in the most crucial Possession of a team's game, they have four guys dribble. It's uh, when that happens, it drives me. Even if you're going to have one dude just stand around and dribble and take the last shot, have the four move around, yep. create a little, create a little uh, panic throughout the defense. Like, hey, do I got him? Do you have him? Oh, what Rose just drove? Oh no! Yep. You know, so but instead, you're right. Yeah, four that's... guys sit there and watch Derrick Rose take a fadeaway yep. jump shot. That's that's the biggest reason for moving around is you're occupying the defenders. You're you're. You're lessening the ability of the help side defense. And, and trust me, when rebound goes up, as a defender, I would much rather have a guy just standing there so I can just put my butt right in his hip and have him get out of the way. Mm-hmm. When he's running around, I'm like, 
where's the ball? Where's the where's the guy I'm guarding? Oh, the shot. Where's the guy I'm guarding? Oh, I oh I don't have him. You know what I mean? And then he's getting the offensive rebound. The Bulls never get offensive rebounds with four people standing around. And when I watched a show called Dan Levitard, highly questionable, and it's two cute guys. And this week with the whole Isaac Guillen stuff, <laughs> that show has been spectacular. This week, with the Isaac Guillen stuff, it's been awesome. <laughs> They hate the Chicago Bulls coach. They absolutely hate the Chicago Bulls. His dad, the old man who knows nothing about sports, it's really funny to hear him. They ask him like specific sports questions. He has no idea what he's talking about. But all they all he can talk about with the Chicago Bulls is this. Oh, but the rebounds. Derrick Rose gets eight shots of possession. Why, why can't the Heat stop them on the rebounds? Why, does, why don't they try as hard as the, the Chicago Bulls do? That's That's how other... That's how other fandoms are seeing mm-hmm. the Bulls. Not that they're more talented. They just try harder than you. Nothing wrong team. with that. Nothing okay. wrong with that. And, again, the show you're talking about is an ESPN mid-afternoon show, correct? Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's normally on at 3.30 Central Time, okay. but it moved all over the place. The show is, is phenomenal. It's just cool to see the, the Bulls have so much respect around the, yep. around the country. And it isn't the talent. It's just the heart. Yep. You can control your heart. Gotta you love know, that. That's pretty cool. Gotta love. It. You can hear from the announcers yesterday as Steve Kerr and the Czar of the Telestrator back in the uh, helm, Mike Fratello. Good to hear those guys going at it again. But uh, that was outstanding. And, and, and as we talk about the, the Bulls and the Heat, obviously you're thinking playoff basketball when you're talking about those two teams. I heard someone say the most asinine. Maybe this isn't asinine. Maybe it's brilliant, and I'm the ass. Okay. But this individual on ESPN flat out said that the Heat will beat the Bulls because we already know what the Bulls have. They play maximum effort every night, and they won't be able to bring it up a notch in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the Heat will. So when that happens, the Heat will beat the Bulls in the playoffs. It's a possibility. So the guy's the guy's theory is the Bulls are already playing as hard as they possibly yeah. can. They can't play any harder, so they're really not all that, that good. That is not without. I'm not saying it's. Totally agree with it, but I would say that's not without some credibility. I, I, okay, I just, I, you're a coach. You of all people to let somebody get away with that. Would you want your the girls you coach basketball to even have that type of attitude? No, I'm, I'm not you saying know, that's you know a I mean? positive thing. I'm, you know, the, the Heat aren't playing at full max. I'm not saying that's a positive, but what I am saying is there is some credibility to that theory the bulls might be pretty close to their ceiling the miami heat might have another level they could get to in the playoffs i don't say that as a positive for the miami heat you know and, and i i don't know if teams do you think teams can really just turn it on and and you know i say this and last night i was with a couple of my friends that were at my house and uh this topic came up and i and i honestly felt the only team that i could ever recall that was able to turn it on at will were the Michael Jordan Bulls team of the 90s. Him and, him and Pippen, whatever was the first or the second three-peat, I, I swear to you, it was like you could tell in the playoffs yeah. they were at a new intensity. And you can also tell, like, they would play, uh, you know, the, the Charlotte uh, Hornets at the time. And they would play the first half and not even try, honestly. They would all take jump shots. Uh, you know, they wouldn't even move on their possessions. And all of a sudden, in their third period, third period, third quarter, they would shut it down. They, besides that team, I, I don't can't think of any team that could actually do that. So mm-hmm. the Heat are going to get burned again. They're going to get burned again. If you don't play, you can't just learn relent, relentlessness and desire, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, 
I think that comes through mm-hmm. hours and hours of endless working in mm-hmm. order to get that yeah. type of uh, commitment yeah. in your soul. Develop the habit, no question about it. Good point. Big Dog, our NBA expert here in about uh, two minutes and 12 seconds. He's about to become our NHL Hockey expert, dog, and a coach here on the two guys at a mic show. Phone lines open. Bulls fans, Hawks fans, you want to check in. Great night last night uh, of sports action. It didn't end out with a victory for the Hawks, but very, very exciting. 888-463-6748 is our phone number. Real quick, I want to mention, I, I said Eric Spalestra is the second most out-of-place guy in the Miami Heat, Big Doug. I would put in first place the very essence of out of and I love this guy. But, boy, is he a fish out of water. Shane Battier playing for the Miami Heat. Uh, yeah, because Shane Battier is a good guy. Oh, I love Shane Battier. I'm yeah. just saying the style, and per, per, he just does not look like he fits out there. Um, That's exactly what the Heat need, though, Coach. I know. They needed like, a guy that doesn't care how many points he scores and uh, how many rebounds he gets. He goes out there and tries to play as good a defense as he possibly can. So Okay. All right. By the way, when did Mike Miller go from mild-mannered, teenagerous-looking kid out of, I think he jumped to the pros after two years in college, out of South Dakota, probably the best high school player in South Dakota, and now he looks like the second coming of Kurt Russell. Yeah, he 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 went to Florida and he was a straight-laced kid. Yep. You go to the NBA, you get you get a couple million dollars of a paycheck, and you have to paint your body and. <laughs> Uh, you have to smoke so much weed that your hair grows three times faster than it normally does. <laughs> he is no longer the 19-year-old innocent kid out of South Dakota, huh? No, that definitely not. Uh, definitely not. The, the NBA is a different lifestyle, Coach. Yeah. They, yeah. they all think they're renegades and rebels and, like, bad boys. It doesn't matter if you're white or black. You get in the NBA. It does, uh, the Bulls don't seem to have too many of those type of guys. They seem to have just normal guys. Yeah. But it seems like all these guys, not all of them, but... There's like this this feeling in the NBA of like oh we're we're tougher than other people and let's paint our bodies and <laughs> act different. And really, think about this. Look at how many people in the NBA have just colored their whole entire covered from neck to toe in tattoos. Yep. LeBron James, you, you name it, from the 12th guy on the bench to the biggest superstars in the league, they've done this. Yep. Mike Miller, by the way, he blames it on the uh, three years he spent playing as a teammate with Edwin Eduardo Nahara. How do you pronounce that guy's last name? Eduardo. Uh, I, I know you're, the guy that was on the Mavericks yeah. all those years. Yep. Yeah, I know you're, that guy was. That was one dude you did not want to meet alone in like, the middle no, of the jungle. But I will tell you this: if you're picking teams for basketball, you want him on your team. The dude could play the finest Mexican basketball player ever, right? I would have. Yes, he was definitely yep. coach. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on the basketball before we move to hockey? Again, Big Dog, I read the re- reports, and I know the Hawks lost and how exciting it was, but I did not see the game. Are you here to tell the morning, the morning break, the two guys that are Mike fans that you watch game from start to finish? Yeah, I watched from start to finish. Beautiful. Uh, uh, they had some hockey fans were at the house last night. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, stayed up, watched the, the, the overtime goal. The, the Hawks should have put him away before then, quite honestly. And and I don't want to blame the officials, but the, the, the Coyotes got a goal in regulation that should not have counted. Because they have how many people they have on the ice? Did you see that part of the, of no, the game? No, I didn't watch any of it. As soon as the Bulls' uh, heat game was over, I was completely spent and barely even made it upstairs. Well, the, the, there was a, uh, a miss. Too many guys on the ice penalty. 
and I'm not kidding you, as the goal was happening, uh, who's the color analyst for the, the Blackhawk games? Eddie, Ol- Foley, Eddie but, Olchek? I don't know. Okay, uh, immediately. Um, yeah, it was Eddie Olchek. I don't know why I didn't think of it immediately. But immediately, he's like, there's too many guys on the ice. There's too many guys on the ice as the, as the goal was being scored. They replayed it, and it was obvious, Coach. It wasn't like one guy, like, getting on the ice, and you're like, oh, there's too many guys on the ice, but come on, he's getting up. You know, it wasn't like one of those situations, Coach. There was there were seven guys on the ice. Mm-hmm. And it was the guy was legitimately, like, 10, 15 feet away from the board while, like, while everybody else was skating. You can't do that. You're not supposed to get on the ice until the guy's, like, on the board. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, All right, so they... They missed it. Did, let uh-huh. me ask you this: Did it affect the goal? Uh, I'm, coach, I'm going to have to say it had to because okay. this was in the middle of a change, and the Hawks are trying to match up with people. And one guy isn't off the, the guy was supposed to be off the white ice wasn't off the ice. Mm-hmm. He took his time. You know what I mean? And then finally, oh yeah, he skates over to the side. They had seven people on the ice for like three or four seconds, and then they scored. This was while the Coyotes were scoring, so I'm going to have to say yes. Okay. Well, if it affected the play, that's a legitimate argument. Paint a picture. We know Jonathan Taves uh, playing his first game after sitting 22 out with the concussion. Four minutes into the game, he scores a goal. Very, very exciting. And we know the uh, Coyotes scored a couple of goals in the third period, a second period, uh, and then a very exciting finish, which I want to get to. But before we get to the very end, paint a picture, Big Dog, as far as who the intensity of the game, was it Stanley Cup high intensity? That's question one. And question two, like which team controlled the game through the first two and a half periods? Uh, that, you know, I, honestly, I would have to say that was a, it was a pretty even game back okay. and forth. Okay. okay? It, it really was. I, no team at any point dominated for a long stretch at any point. Okay. Uh, and flat out, I'm, it's not, it wasn't Stanley Cup intensity. Intensity. But there was the, the the Stanley Cup playoffs were flowing though. You could feel it. At least yep. in my house, you could. First game, sometimes it takes a while to get a little build up going. Well, it, it didn't for us because while we're on the couch, uh, uh, passing papers with each other. I don't know. <laughs> just mention how long is it going to take Taves to get involved in this thing? He's been out for so long. Blah blah blah. And we're all worried. The key is Taves. Boom! He scores. Oh my goodness, coach! The we erupted, <laughs> erupted. It was, I mean, I mean, that's the way to start the hockey season off. We're worried about Taves, and he's the first one who scores. Mm-hmm. And then you think the game is done. People are like, "I'm going to drive home. This sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Too many guys on the ice." Blah, blah. Next, you know, Seabiscuit gets a gets a rebound. Yeah, and now you need to up with 14 seconds to go in the game. Oh my! I mean, people were leaving my house, coach. They're like, "I'm done." This is ridiculous. We got robbed. Actually, you know, Steve Biscuit ties the wow. game up with 13 seconds. So to go. we're down two to one, and the game is winding down. Paint a picture. The last minute or two, were the Hawks pressuring? Were they in a frustration mode? Was Seabrook's goal when he scored, folks, with 14 seconds left in regulation? Are you kidding me? But paint a picture. How that last two minutes unfolded, Big Dunk. When the when the Hawks uh, pulled the goalie, they immediately got some pressure, and I'm like, okay, good. And then I. They just then the the Coyotes kept killing it, and then there was 30 seconds they didn't get a shot, and then they got it back into the into the Phoenix end, and they were controlling the puck but weren't getting a lot of shots, and they got like two or three shots in a row, and Seabiscuit got the rebound, and Brent Seabrook tied it up, and at that point I was like, here we go, we're we're winning this game, like everybody else thought we were going to win the game. 
and then a turnover basically in the, in overtime ends up leading to I don't even know who scored for Phoenix because honestly the puck went in and I turned the television off. Mm-hmm. So good. people are getting their coats on, ready to leave the house, angry, swearing at the referees for costing the game, and all of a sudden, the Hawks get a second life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Exactly. That is cool. Unfortunately, it did not have a happy ending. They go back at a what, Saturday, day off today? Um, uh, the day off today, they do every other day, and I don't know if there's, Typically, they do every other day in the NHL. They don't mess around like the NBA to make sure that there's games on Friday and Sunday and all mm-hmm. that other crap that they do in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's every other day in the NHL. Okay. And if you have cable, NHL Network has games. Uh, NBC has uh, the, the NBC Sports is having games. It was awesome last night because the, the Caps versus Boston on coach, that game was phenomenal. If you like to see Alex Ovechkin targeted, you might want to watch that game because I think there were six Bruins on the ice hitting him at all times. That was that was Ovechkin's tough coaches. They were pounding on him. And then the other game, Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh. Woo! That game was uh, awfully who, intense. Um, who won that game? Um, let me see. It was uh, one to nothing. No, that was the day before. The other game last night. Well, I'm trying to think of the other game. That was. No, the, the first game was the amazing comeback by the Flyers. They were a Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, the higher seed jumped out to a 3-0 lead, and they lose 4-3. to Yeah, that was day one. There was two early games yesterday, and I can't think of both of them, Coach. Okay. Because uh, I was watching the Bulls heat, and then I was switching to the other two games, depending on what was on. I can't think of the mm-hmm. second one. And in between that, were you checking out the uh, preview on the Big Ten channel with the Illini Blue versus Orange scrimmage game down in Champaign? I'm sure you're watching that. Uh, yeah, and I was also watching the second day of, uh, of the Joey Cora era. The Marlins versus the Phillies were on. And, and when I put any time that game came on, I got yelled at by my friends. Was, Come on, April baseball, not even the Cubs. You get yelled at. I mean, there was three other commercials going on, guys. Come on. Oh, all right, big dog. Lots of stuff going on. Should be a great sports weekend. By the way, to add to the whole this year, man, at White Sox Park and all of our concerns, well, I don't hesitate to remind you because your Trexidilic or Tyrannosaurus Rex or whatever you are, superstition doesn't bother you, but I add to the fact that today is Friday the 13th, Big Joe, so be careful. I, I will, and it was funny because I've already hit my head extremely hard today. Like, yep. you know, I, I just did it again. So you're right, Coach. i got to <laughs> really care. Today. What is the correct pronunciation again? Uh, well, if you're afraid of 13, you would be yeah. Trexidacophobic. Okay. And I don't really think there's a word, but what I are you, trexidexophallic? Trexidexophallic, not phallic. Oh, <laughs> if I was trexidexophallic, I, I would I would be working in Hollywood right now. I think <laughs> uh, I'd be looking for another co-host, huh? Yeah, no doubt. I would have, like I would have a, a, a my screen uh, name would be like Buck Naked or something like that. You know. <laughs> So trexidexophallic is those who relish. The Friday the 13th. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck, big dog. Uh, I will be texting you to make sure you're okay. You and Idris down there at White Sox Park, if you didn't join us opening of the show, big dog is going to make an appearance with cameraman in his Cub mascot outfit as this year, man, outside of White Sox Park. Be careful out there, all right? Uh, I shall, Coach. Hopefully I don't get beat up. You can eat some food. You probably, if, if you play your cards right, you'll get a, uh, some good kielbasa probably. 
Oh, I'm, I'm open to. I really am open to. And the tailgating at White Sox, oh, they allow tailgating right in that parking lot. Oh, yeah. Yes, they Ooh, do. Yeah. They do. Awfully good. Awfully good. So that's, that's, I'm walking through the park so I'm going to meet the tailgaters. It'll be a good time. Good day, Coach. Hopefully I get a beer or two from people. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, well, Big Dog, be safe out there. And uh, remember, I'm just a text message away if you get in trouble. Sounds good, Coach. Text message in an hour and a half drive, but, you know, I am a text message away from moral support. All right, we thank everybody for listening. Have a great weekend out there. We'll be back at you. Uh, I will not be here on Monday as I am doing a collegiate visit down to Champaign with my son. Maybe I'll be able to get some highlights of the Orange-Blue scrimmage game. So I'll be back on Tuesday. Big Dog will be doing the show on Monday. But enjoy the weekend, folks, sports or otherwise. We'll be back next week. David Olson, our producer, great job all week long. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com signing off. Have an outstanding weekend.